here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number 877-381-3811, As you see, my beloved audience, we have made some headway in straightening out uh, the legal debate with respect to uh, a soon-to-be disbarred Michael Cohen and his Clinton hack lawyer, Lanny Davis, on this issue of a campaign expenditure. It would appear that some of my colleagues in radio have taken down what I said word for word and regurgitated them. This is a good thing. It's a problem with this business I'm in. They, they do not like to be uh, uh, professional in terms of giving uh, credit where credit do, is due. You'll notice I'll read articles sometimes in full, and I will give credit where credit is due. It's just, it's just a matter of t- integrity, and I tell young people moving into this business, that's what you really need to do. Be a stand-up person. Okay, fine. But there are other people who still don't get it. Who still don't get it. And most of them are reporters, and many of them are some of the lawyers who are on TV now. Let me put this as plainly as I know how. If an individual pays a sum of money to another individual involving a matter that arose prior to the campaign. Individual A decides to run for office. Individual B obviously hasn't. They have a dispute. They have an issue. If individual A, who's going to run for office or even is announced to run for office or even is running for office, has decided... You know, this guy is a pain in the ass. He's never going to shut up. He's a disgruntled friend, a disgruntled employee, a disgruntled this, a disgruntled vendor, whatever. In exchange for a non-disclosure agreement, I will pay you a sum of $150,000. I will direct my private counsel to pay you, and then I will pay it personally or through my corporation. That is illegal. Legal. If you decide, you know what, this litigation, I don't need this litigation. Another is, I don't need this litigation. I'm going to run for the Senate. I don't need this litigation. I'm directing my personal lawyer, settle the case. I don't want this to be an issue during my campaign. I'm running for the Senate. I don't want this to be an issue for my... And we pay for it out of my private funds, either corporate or individual. Fine. I can think of a thousand examples. Here's another one. This individual decides he's going to run for president of the United States. Let's say he's from Arkansas. And you have all these women accusing him of sexual abuse and so forth. Back when he was the governor of Arkansas. Just, just, you know, hypothetical. And he says, you know what? Anyway, I'm going to run for president of the United States. I don't need all these problems. So let's enter into these non-disclosure agreements with these two, three, four, five women. Pay them each $50,000 in exchange. A contract. That's perfectly legal. 
There's nothing illegal about it, and I'm going to prove it to you. The Southern District of New York will never bring a charge against the President of the United States for violating those campaign rules. The same ones that they wrapped on Cohen. Not because you cannot indict a sitting president, as we've talked about before, but because it wouldn't hold up. It wouldn't hold up. It wouldn't be successful. The reason they wrapped these two campaign so-called violations around Michael Cohen is because Michael Cohen's lawyer wanted them. It's because Michael Cohen wanted them because now he can claim that he's a patriot. He's got a reset button and maybe a few less tax fraud charges. And the Southern District, which is very close to Mr. Mueller and some of the people Mr. Mueller's staff come out of the Southern District in New York, they want their impeachment report. But as a matter of law, which is what prosecutors are supposed to be focused on, this is nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Campaign funds weren't used. The test isn't whether a candidate is free to clean up his mess with his own money or perceived mess. Here's the other issue. Stormy Daniels entered into this agreement. Stormy Daniels was paid money. Stormy Daniels has now violated the agreement and is effectively blackmailing the president of the United States. Let her slip and fall lawyer go into federal court with that one. I think he'll be blown out. What exactly is she suing for? And so the media take the Cohen plea deal, the Lanny Davis plea deal, the prosecutor's plea deal, claim what the prosecutor said, what Lanny Davis is saying, and what Cohen pled to is the law. And now, ladies and gentlemen, now there's more reason to impeach the president of the United States. You've got other knuckleheads out there saying the president is in legal jeopardy. No, he's not. No, he's not. Paid with private funds, non-disclosure agreement, two cases. Whether he... uh, Now, Mr. Dershowitz says if he directed his lawyer to do so and didn't reimburse his lawyer, then you got an issue. No, you don't. First of all, it didn't happen. But no, you don't. As long as the lawyer didn't use campaign funds, which he didn't. Let's take the worst case scenario. If Donald Trump directed Michael Cohen to make payments to both of these women, if he directed Michael Cohen to use his law firms or his trust fund or whatever they want to call it to pay them, and then he would be reimbursed either through a Trump corporation or Donald Trump personally, even if all that happened, so what? So what? As I said on this program yesterday, as I said on Hannity last night, as has been regurgitated by some of the smarter radio hosts who know to listen to what I'm saying, that's not an adjudication. There's been no adjudication. There's been a plea bargain. 
And I hear I hear people, even smart lawyers, so-called on Fox and other places saying, well, he might be an unindicted co-conspirator. An unindicted co-conspirator? Even the prosecution hasn't claimed that this campaign uh, was an unindicted co-conspirator. They're projecting. They didn't say it. And they couldn't say it. And they dare not say it. So people want Trump to have violated the law. Mr. Cohen is trying to remake himself. Lanny Davis has serious questions, as far as I'm concerned, ethical questions about his representation. He's been bashing Trump all day, barely even talks about his client. The prosecutors are having drinks every night. They're thrilled with what they've achieved here because they have Lanny Davis as the opposing counsel. I didn't even know Lanny Davis was a criminal defense lawyer. I thought he was a lobbyist. They got Michael Cohen. Look, you got two of the dumbest lawyers in the country here. And you got the prosecutors who get an easy plea deal. When what really Michael Cohen did, apparently, is he didn't pay his income taxes for five or six years to the tune of millions and millions of dollars. He lied on loans to the tune of millions and millions of dollars. So they throw in these campaign things. Lanny Davis wanted them in there. Michael Cohen wants them in there. He wants good editorials by the New York Times. He wants to be be talked up by Joe Scarborough and dumb people like that. So worst case scenario, according to the left, president directs his private lawyer to enter into non-disclosure agreements with two women about events that took place even before he was president of the United States. Make the payments. Clean this up. We don't want this during the campaign. And then he reimburses his private lawyer out of either private funds or corporate funds. So what? Well, it made him look better during the campaign. That's not the test. Well, it may have influenced the outcome of campaign. BS. But that's still not the test. There's lots of things that are legal that may influence the outcome of a campaign that may make a candidate look positive. Everything's not illegal. And a non-disclosure agreement paid with private funds is not illegal. Matter of fact, it's done every damn day in this country. It's been done by the Southern District of New York. It's been done by virtually every U.S. attorney's office in this country. It's been done by the Department of Justice. It's been done by the New York Attorney General's office, the, the DNC, and all the rest of them. But they call it hush money when it comes to Trump. Oh, hush money. Shh, hush money. Now, up on Capitol Hill, they're entering into these agreements, hush money, settlements, with our tax dollars. With our tax dollars. Not with their private money, with our tax dollars. Anybody charged with anything up there? Of course not. Well, doesn't that make their campaigns look better? Were those campaign violations? I don't know. Is the U.S. attorney in Washington, D.C. looking at all these people? Apparently not. How about the public integrity section at the criminal division under Mr. Rosenstein and Mr. Sessions? Are they looking into these deals that Congress made? Apparently not. Why? Well, we don't want to mess around with them. You know, separation of powers and everything. Congress has to clean up its act. So let me get this straight. 
if a member of Congress uses your tax dollars to settle a sexual harassment allegation in exchange for a non-disclosure agreement, uses your tax dollars in order to try and cover it up so they can run for re-election, already public officials, run for re-election in order to have a positive image to influence the election, to quote the Southern District of New York U.S. Attorney or Deputy U.S. Attorney, is that not a felony? Well, I think it is. I think it is according to the Southern District of New York and all these commentators. Well, let's drag these little bastards out of Congress and let's prosecute them then. Some of them calling for Trump's impeachment. That's a closer case. Using tax dollars, that raises different issues, as far as I'm concerned, more serious legal issues. But if somebody pays for a non-disclosure agreement, whatever they're seeking not to have revealed, it's an agreement, it's an exchange, it's a contract. He uses his own money, she uses her own money. But they use corporate funds under certain circumstances. It's not a campaign contribution. That is ridiculous. The Southern District of New York got away with a real doozy because defense counsel was Lanny Davis. Moron of morons. And a, a Hillary Clinton goon. Running all over TV wherever he can. Trashing Trump. How come they don't get regular lawyers? How come they have these irregular lawyers? These political lawyers? Stormy Daniels? Michael Cohen? Well, that should answer your question. But for the fourth time, if a candidate or would-be candidate enters into a non-disclosure agreement with an individual who's disgruntled for whatever the reason and pays them funds out of their own pocket, directly or indirectly, it's legal? It's not even reportable. It's not a campaign contribution. If they settle a lawsuit because they don't want the, the mess of a lawsuit to get involved in their campaign, not illegal. And you can make a whole list of things that they're allowed to do with their own money. Non-disclosure agreements or, non, or no non-disclosure agreements. For the purpose of influencing election by appearing to be positive, by creating a more positive image, and so forth and so on. Absolutely nothing wrong with it. I hear this former deputy assistant attorney general. There's a lot of deputy assistant attorney generals. When I was chief of staff to the attorney general of the United States, I didn't even know half their names. Every office in their assistant attorney general civil division, assistant attorney general antitrust division, assistant attorney general civil rights division, assistant attorney general criminal division, assistant attorney general legislative affairs, assistant attorney general for management, on and on and on. And then they have deputies. Oh, a deputy. I see this guy on TV. He doesn't know his you know what from a you know what. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Then we move into this issue. By the way, are the media actually reporting the news? Are the media reporting their surmises, their opinions, their hopes? They're almost giddy. Have you noticed? 
That's why we really don't have a free press in this country. We have a right to a free press, but we don't really have one. We have mouthpieces, propagandists, demagogues. Impeachment now they're talking about. Impeachment. Now, this is a very interesting topic. Impeachment. Let me ask you a question. Is Mr. Mueller's mandate to write an impeachment report? Is that, is that the mandate he was provided? Or to look into collusion with Russia and the Trump campaign? Why is he chasing the Manhattan, what is she, the Manhattan madam? Why are his prosecutors all over the world, Middle East and so forth and so on? What does he really have? Nothing. When it comes to his core mission, nothing. U.S. attorney could have prosecuted Manafort, but he didn't. These other cases that they're bringing can be handled by law enforcement of all stripes. Is it the job of the special counsel to prepare an impeachment report? Does that raise a constitutional issue? Let's explore this together, shall we? We're going to stay way ahead of the curve and leave everybody else behind. So stick with me. I'll be right back. Cat got your tongue? Cough up a furball and call 877-381-3811 right now from Mike Levin. Let's take a look at what's taking place in our country today. You have a man who's elected president of the United States. And virtually from the get-go, an investigation is opened. Because he fired the director of the FBI, who should have been fired. Director of the FBI was in charge of managing that operation. Look what the deputy director of the FBI was doing. He's now under criminal investigation. He was fired. Look what Mr. Stroke was doing. It was under Inspector, uh, Inspector General's investigation and was recently fired. All this occurred under Comey, and Comey was leaking. And Comey was setting up the president of the United States. Now, the Democrats wanted Comey out. If Hillary had been elected president, she would have fired Comey because Comey, they argue, threatened her campaign. And in the end, they argue, cost her her campaign. The Democrats wanted Comey out. Trump fires Comey for cause. That triggers the appointment of a special counsel, which Comey said he wanted and had lobbied for and pushed for. The Attorney General of the United States recuses himself on the most outrageous basis. Because he bumped into the ambassador of Russia at the Republican National Committee uh, convention, because he met with the Russian ambassador at one time and so forth and so on. He didn't it, recollect those points at the time of his uh, confirmation testimony. He was involved uh, in, in a, in a uh, tangential way in the Trump campaign. So he says, I'll recuse myself. Disastrous. So the power in this area moves to Rosenstein. Rosenstein had his first job as a federal prosecutor in the Public Integrity Unit of the Criminal Division. 
The person who was in charge of the public integrity unit of the criminal division was Robert Mueller. Robert Mueller then effectively hired Rosenstein. Rosenstein appoints Mueller. Rosenstein is the one who should have recused himself because he wrote a memo to the Attorney General of the United States Sessions who passed it on to the President of the United States encouraging the firing of Comey. He appoints Mueller as the special counsel. The former FBI director who had just been interviewed by Trump who turned him down as the new FBI director. And it turns out Comey and Mueller are best friends. They have at least one godchild between them. Their careers go back together many decades. At one point, Comey was Deputy Attorney General of the United States under Bush. And Mueller was the director of the FBI under Bush. Very close. So there was never going to be an objective investigation. Mueller had no intention of treating Comey as Comey should have been treated. And Mueller reports to Rosenstein who should have recused himself. Now they go after Manafort on old allegations of criminal activity involving taxes and bank accounts and so forth. A case that could have easily been handled out of the Eastern District of Virginia in the U.S. Attorney's Office. As a matter of fact, uh, most of the men who were involved in prosecuting that case came out of that, that office. So Mueller wasn't needed for any of that. Mr. Stroke, who has since been fired for unethical activity, he decides to circle back and go after Lieutenant General Michael Flynn conducting an interview catching him in a false statements trap. Whereas before the FBI interviewed Flynn and said he didn't recollect, it wasn't a crime. And this is thrown all over TV. President Trump's first national security advisor committed a felony. Got this guy Papadopoulos under the most preposterous circumstances. False statement. False statement. That's low-hanging fruit, that false statement statute. False statement that the government accuses them of not just lying to investigators, but misleading them. That's the test, misleading them. And so in order to fight these charges, they go broke. Flynn is broke. He sold his house, has nothing. And I'm sure Papadopoulos is too. So they pled. Look at that. We got Papadopoulos. We got Flynn. What else do you got? We got all these Russians. We indicted them for trolling, for conspiracy to defraud our election. Okay, where are they? They're overseas. You can't even get them in our courtroom. It's an indictment without physical defendants. What else? Well, we got Gates. We got a few of these other guys. Then, apparently, Mueller comes across Cohen issues. Well, what issues does he come across on Cohen? Tax medallion issues for taxis? Well, how did Mueller come across those? 
Failure to pay federal income taxes for Cohen? Well, was Mueller investigating Cohen, the, privates, the president's private attorney? He sends that to the Southern District of New York. One of the senior lawyers who works in the Southern District of New York in charge of their public integrity section has been sent to work for Mueller. So these offices are very, very tight. Comey used to work in the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Southern District of New York. So now they go after Cohen, and Cohen's an easy target. He's a moron. He's doing all these unethical things. He's evading taxes. He's got something going on with these taxi uh, medallions. Doesn't pay his taxes from 2012 to 26. The idiot doesn't even pay his taxes. He lies on mortgage loans. Okay, fine. Now we got, oh, these campaign issues. Now, this is something that's come up months and months and months ago. These campaign issues. Non-disclosure agreements. All of a sudden, Lanny Davis pops up. Everybody knows Lanny Davis. They know what a sleazeball the guy is. Now they cut a deal. On tax fraud. On bank loan fraud. And two campaign issues. And Lanny Davis is running around talking about those two campaign issues. Not the other stuff that really has his client in trouble. No, the two campaign issues. Cohen pled on two non-existent crimes that the prosecutor insists are crimes, but he doesn't dare go to trial to try them out. Now we're told that this is an abasement for, uh, uh, for impeaching the president of the United States. What is the basis for impeaching the president of the United States? Well, these non-disclosure agreements. Well, they don't break the law. He used his own money. Well, it doesn't matter. Look at that. Cohen pled. So now that Cohen pled plea bargain to cut a deal with his lawyer, Lanny Davis, and the prosecutors in the Southern District of New York associated with Mr. Mueller's office, that's a basis for impeachment? Stick with me. Because I'm not done. Well, there's more. Mr. Mueller. Mr. Rosenstein appoints to investigate Russian interference with our election and colluding with the Trump campaign. Not colluding with any campaign, with the Trump campaign. So already, Hillary and her crowd is immunized. They're out. Even though Mueller has requested the expansion of his investigation to include tax issues, bank issues, the Manhattan Madam, even though he's expanded his investigation in 15 different directions, he refuses to request to expand his investigation to cover anything that was done by the DNC, the Hillary campaign, any of their lawyers, period. And Mr. Rosenstein, who can do it on his own, he refuses to. Okay. But Mr. Mueller says to himself, I really don't have anything on Trump. Unless, unless, I go back to defending my buddy Comey. And not just Comey. That we 
find out if the President of the United States was trying to obstruct our investigation. What? I mean, you got 17 lawyers, all of whom you picked. You probably have two, three dozen FBI agents, all of whom you've picked. Nobody has stopped you from investigating anybody else. You've spent an enormous amount of resources. You've flown all over the world. God knows you've probably interviewed three, four, five hundred witnesses. You got 1.4 pages, excuse me, actual documents uh, from the administration. Wow, that sounds like obstruction. No, no, no. You don't understand. The president has given multiple reasons for firing Comey. And perhaps for firing other people under his authority. We don't have an actual crime that the president committed because, after all, this was a counterintelligence investigation, not a criminal investigation early on, and it moved into a criminal investigation. So there's not a lot of criminal issues related to a counterintelligence investigation. So we need to criminalize something. So we're going to criminalize the president's firing of certain personnel. And we need to question the president about why he fired them, having now interviewed hundreds of witnesses, including the president's own White House counsel, Don McGahn, who's given us 30 hours of testimony on why the president did what he did. We need to talk to the president now, not to get to the truth, but to create a crime. We must create a crime. We don't have a crime. We have to create a crime. We got Flynn on false statements. We got, we got Papadopoulos on false statements. It's low-hanging fruit. We need to create a crime. So this is what we need to do. We need to question the President of the United States about his firing decisions involving my dear friend Comey, involving Lieutenant General Flynn, or anybody else we want to talk about. We've got all this testimony from McGahn. We've got testimony from scores of other people, people the public don't even know. And we need to question the President of the United States on why he did that. But you know you can't indict a sitting President. No, we know that. In fact, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Mueller has acknowledged that. We can't indict a sitting President of the United States. But you see, I'm Mr. Mueller and I'm Mr. Weissman. I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm this team of hitmen and hit women. We don't have to indict him formally. We have to lay out the case for impeachment charges. We'll get him by hook or by crook. We haven't disrupted our careers and moved into this temporary job and cut our pay. Me, Mr. Mueller, I used to make millions of dollars and cut our pay to come up empty. Oh, I know these other. No, no, no. I'm a prosecutor. I'm not an objective mediator. I'm not an arbitrator. I'm not a judge. I prosecute people. And if we can't get Trump because of these stupid memos from the Department of Justice that do not allow us to indict a sitting president, we will do what we have to do to remove this man from office. We will write our report. And if we subpoena the president, we'll fight it. But I'm starting to think, ladies and gentlemen, look, I could be wrong. I'm just like you. I'm trying to figure this stuff out. If I'm the prosecutor now, you know what I do? You know what I do, Mr. Producer? I don't subpoena the president. 
I just make my case for impeachment. I say, look, Trump said this publicly, and he said this publicly, but Mr. McGahn said this. Mr. Flynn said this. Mr. Flynn said that. Obviously. The President of the United States didn't want to be interviewed because he knows he would have obstructed justice. And in fact, that's what he attempted to do. And you give that to the Democrats, and if they control the House of Representatives, they now hold up Mr. Mueller as the greatest lawyer the the planet has ever known. Now, he might still go the subpoena route. Might still go the subpoena route to try and, and claim that when a president asserts his constitutional prerogative to fire whomever he wants because they're his subordinates, that the president is doing that for cover-up purposes. And let me tell you something. As stupid as the media are, as ideologically left-wing as the media are, as absolutely psycho these Democrats who go on TV are, you got to believe the prosecutor might take that route. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You'll stick with me next hour because we are going to smoothly move into this impeachment question. Look, I don't enjoy this any more than you do. And I think a lot of this has been pushed by the media, quite frankly. I believe this is a media uh, launched, pushed, promoted, encouraged event that is affecting our political system and our constitutional system. They give cover to Mr. Mueller, to Lanny Davis, to Mr. Cohen, to give cover to the Southern District of New York, to give cover to Mr. Rosenstein, and by omitting coverage on other matters related to Hillary and the Democrat National Committee and the real Russian collusion, they are driving the narrative. And the mob is forming. There's already a mob, but the mob is forming. The mob mentality, the political mob, the media mob, they are forming. They have no comprehension of what took place with Cohen. They, uh, the reason Lanny Davis is on virtually every media outlet there is he's trying to spin it. That's what propagandists do with the big lie. So here's some exciting news. Simply Safe is now valued at $1 billion. This company used to be just five guys working together. Now, the founder only started the company. He wanted to help his friends who were burglarized. Now it's worth a billion dollars. Simply Safe protects over 2 million people, and they do a great job. That's why it's worth over a billion dollars. And here's what makes them so great Simply Safe is comprehensive protection for your home with round the clock professional monitoring and police dispatch and the best cutting edge technology imaginable. You get protection against intruders, fires, leaks, and burst pipes. Simply Safe keeps working during power outages, downed Wi Fi, even if a burglar smashes your keypad. It's redundant. With Simply Safe, there are no contracts or hidden fees, no wires, no drilling in your walls. Cutting edge technology. And 24 7 monitoring is only $14.99 a month. CNET, PC Mag, and the Wire Cutter all named Simply Safe their top pick for home security. Order your Simply Safe system now at simplysafemark.com 
and my listeners get free shipping and free returns. That's simplysafemark.com to protect your home and family today. Simplysafemark.com. If Mueller's purpose at this point, knowing he can't indict a sitting president, is to write a report for impeachment purposes, then I ask you this question. Then Mueller is the most political man in the nation. And he knows it. And so do his deputies. And we're going to explore that together in the next hour. I'll be right back. Broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811-877-381-3811. Impeachment, you hear this being thrown around all over the place. Impeachment, this can be used to impeach. The Democrats take the House, they will impeach. Well, the day after the election, I made it clear that the Democrats will try to impeach this president. They will criminalize his election. They will do whatever they can to remove him. But I'm deeply concerned about this process that's taking place within the executive branch. It seems to be a given that what Mr. Mueller is doing, knowing that he cannot indict a sitting president, is that he is using his prosecutorial uh, tools to develop an impeachment case against the president. And the analysis for most people seems to stop right there. Now, I've got these two memos from the Department of Justice saying that the reason that the Department of Justice believes that you cannot indict a sitting president is because, among other things, all the time it would take and burdens that would be involved. We only have one president. We have many judges. We have many members of Congress. This is just different. The president of the United States represents one of the branches of government. He's the most powerful man in the government, and his responsibilities in many cases, are a matter of life and death for the society. And so they make clear in these memos that criminal investigations and prosecutions are separate from the political process. It's a constitutional process with obviously a political element in it that involves Congress. If Mr. Mueller's purpose, and it appears to be, is not to charge the President of the United States, since he concedes he cannot be charged, something I've made a point of now for a year and a half. Finally, everybody agrees, based on what the Department of Justice says. Then what is his purpose exactly? It can't be Manafort. It can't be Flynn. It can't be Papadopoulos. It can't be the Manhattan uh, Madam. It can't be Roger Stone, the Roger Stone. No, 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 no. So what is his purpose? If a sitting president of the United States, forget about Trump, any sitting president of the United States cannot be indicted, it's the position of the Department of Justice for almost half a century, and it's their position today, apparently, including a Mr. Mueller. 
then what is Mr. Mueller's purpose in interviewing the president of the United States, in interviewing the White House counsel to the president of the United States, in interviewing several dozen members of the president's staff at the White House? What is Mr. Mueller's purpose? If he concedes that under Department of Justice rules, he cannot indict a sitting president, but to write a report to impeach the president of the United States. How can that be? Is he the special counsel or is he the special impeachment counsel? How can you have somebody within the executive branch, within the Department of Justice, gathering evidence for the purpose of a proceeding in the House of Representatives for the purpose of making a political case against the President of the United States. The special counsel has the power to do this? Is that his mandate? No. But that's what he's doing. He's not the special counsel. He's the special impeachment counsel. He should be working for the House of Representatives and the Democrats. Not in the executive branch. Not for the United States Department of Justice. He shouldn't be armed with 17 prosecutors and several dozen FBI agents. If what he is doing is, at at the heart of it, political. For a political trial. In the United States Congress, why? Why? Is there a criminal prosecutor... An assistant criminal prosecutor is involved in this process. I think this is a very, very important question. The rest of this, it seems to me, is window dressing, even though it involves human beings who are suffering as a result of it. Flynn, Papadopoulos, Manafort, and so forth and so on. But if it is, again... Mr. Mueller's role as the special impeachment counsel, since he concedes, apparently the department concedes, that it's sticking by its memos of of nearly half a century, that you cannot indict a sitting president. Then he's gathering information on the president for the purpose of providing it for political reasons to the House of Representatives. Oh, sure, he'll wash it through the deputy attorney general. That's the rule. Goes to the deputy attorney general. Then the deputy attorney general will surrender it. This is really like nothing I've ever seen before. Nothing I've ever seen before. You have this clown like Carl Bernstein on TV. He was the dumber of the two, Woodward and Bernstein. Oh, he was a great reporter. No, he wasn't. Mark felt the deputy director of the FBI was feeding these guys information left and right. That's why when the leaks were coming out of our government on Trump and the rest, I said they're coming out of the FBI. That's where they come from always, senior level of the FBI. And wouldn't you know it, director, deputy director, the head of counterintelligence, all leakers. Oh, and proud of it, by the way. So Mr. Mueller is not really a prosecutor. He's using prosecutorial powers. His staff aren't really prosecutors, although they're using prosecutorial powers. The courts treat them like prosecutors. Uh, 
They get FBI agents to do investigations. They're all treated like serious federal criminal prosecutors. But that's not what they're up to. They know the president of the... Listen to me. They know the president of the United States must, for the protection of the office of the presidency, for the protection of the United States Constitution and separation of powers, they know that the president of the United States must not sit down for an interview on obstruction of justice. He must not do it in order to protect the presidency and future presidents so they can make decisions about hiring and firing without being accused of obstruction. Donald Trump will need to protect and wants to protect the powers of the presidency under Article 2 of the Constitution. The executive, he cannot function if he can't make personnel decisions. He cannot function when he comes in and he decides he wants a new FBI director. He doesn't want an Obama holdover or he wants different appointees and he wants to name his own own, uh, people. He can do it for whatever reason he wants to. And the President of the United States cannot sit there and be questioned by a prosecutor who reports to the Deputy Attorney General of the United States and have to defend and justify his decisions. The President of the United States is elected by the people. A single prosecutor, plucked from obscurity, cannot have the power to overthrow the government, cannot have the power to overthrow the President of the United States. The reason Mueller wants to sit down with Trump is so he can write a report and say that he obstructed justice. There is no crime. He wants to create a crime. And not for the purpose of prosecution. Because he concedes he can't do that. It's for the purpose of removing him from office through the impeachment process. So bastardized is the Department of Justice and the role of this special counsel that it does threaten our constitutional system. There's absolutely no question about it. And do you think for one second that there is a single reporter at CNN, a single host at CNN, a single regular contributor at CNN who understands or wants to understand any of this, or if they do, Intends to make the case. No. MSNBC. No. The New York Times. No. The Washington Post. No. This will be dismissed. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Whose job is to impeach the President of the United States? That's why he's been at this? Isn't that what the Democrats want? Isn't that what they've said they wanted? Again, follow my logic. It's very reasonable. You're the Department of Justice. You're the Deputy Attorney General. For these purposes, you're the Acting Attorney General because Sessions is bugged out. You appoint a special counsel to investigate Russian involvement in our election 
involve uh, respecting the Trump campaign. You just limit it to that. So you don't really want to know about all Russian involvement in the election. You only want to know if there's any collusion with Trump. So it starts off as a very one-sided investigation. Moreover, there's no criminal predicate. So Mr. Rosenstein violates the rules of the Justice Department to begin with. They take a counterintelligence investigation where there isn't criminal statutory issues and turn it into a criminal investigation. And even then, they're looking desperately for a criminal statute. They got Manafort on bank this and tax that and Cohen on this, that and the other and these phony campaign claims and so forth and so on. But in the end, Why was Mueller appointed? We don't need Mueller to chase tax issues, bank issues. We have over 90 United States attorney's offices. We have over 1,000 assistant United States attorneys in this country. Plenty of prosecutors, plenty of investigators. You don't need a special counsel for that. You don't need a special counsel for Michael Cohen. So they hand it off to the Southern District in New York. You didn't need a special counsel to set up Mike Flynn and Papadopoulos? You don't even need a special counsel to bring phony indictments against Russians who will never enter the United States and never wind up in an American courtroom. So Mueller is appointed. There's no criminal statute. He's trying to create a crime if he can get his hands on the President of the United States. The President of the United States has to say no. He has to defend the office of the presidency. He... Like Obama, like Bush, like Clinton, like Bush, like Reagan, like Carter, like Ford, like Nixon, like all the rest of them. They get to make the decisions on their appointees, hire or fire. Some of them go before the Senate. Most of them don't. No president answers to a subordinate about why he hires or fires his own staff. The president has to defend himself the office of the presidency, and the presidency for future presidents. Can't have prosecutors questioning presidents under threat of some kind of criminal violation for merely exercising their constitutional authority. Nobody's ever done that. So what's this guy doing? Can't indict a sitting president, conceded. There is no underlying crime with respect to Trump, conceded. There's this debate over a subpoena so they can personally interview Trump. What the hell for? Can't charge him. There is no crime. The problem here is we have this unconstitutional office. This concoction. This fabricated entity. That doesn't fit within our system. We have a prosecutor who has subpoena power. A prosecutor who can waive other criminal statutes in front of other people. A prosecutor who can build up an office that's as big as the U.S. Attorney's Office in Rhode Island. Who's conducting an impeachment investigation. Ultimately a political decision. By the House of Representatives in terms of impeachment and trial in the Senate. It's an abomination. This is exactly why the Democrats are, let the investigation go on. Let the investigation go on. By the way, nobody's stopping it. 
So when the president of the United States, who's aware of this, obviously, seeks to protect the office of the presidency, the Constitution generally, future presidents from this kind of behavior, he, you see, is obstructing justice. Now, since the matter cannot be adjudicated in a federal court, because a president of the United States, according to the Department of Justice, cannot be indicted, Mr. Mueller wants it adjudicated by a jury of Democrats in the House of Representatives who can make up their own rules. This is all happening outside of our constitutional structure. The Supreme Court helped create this in Morrison versus Olson 30 years ago. A disastrous opinion. And yet even Mr. Mueller's appointment doesn't fit within that, that opinion. Given the breadth and width of his investigation. From whorehouses in Manhattan to the Middle East to God knows what. And all of this undermines our republic, which is the intention, which is the intention. This is why you're upset. This is why you're frustrated. Now, the media playing along, listen to this montage, NBC, Savannah Guthrie and Chuck Todd, ABC, George Stephanopoulos, CBS, Nora O'Donnell, Major Garrett. Most of the people I just mentioned here, not all, are Democrats. Some of them, Stephanopoulos and Todd, were active Democrats, worked in political campaigns, worked for politicians, doesn't matter. Up is down and down is up. Hat tip newsbusters cut one go. This issue of impeachment, all of this kind of comes right down to the midterm elections. If the Democrats yeah. retake the House, then they can attempt to impeach the president. So is this going to in some way be... Stop, please. Now listen. So now we're being told if the Democrats win, the president's going to be impeached. It's a fait accompli. I'm even hearing some of the president's defenders like Bannon say this is an impeachment election. Do you think that's wise? It's why, so if the Democrats win, the president is ipso facto impeached? No! They still need to make a constitutional case. They still need to make the constitutional case. This has to be fought at every level and in every way. I do not understand why the president's supporters say it's the most important election of our lifetime. Got it? Because it's an impeachment election. It's one thing to say if they get elected, they're going to impeach the president. But don't call it an impeachment election. So if they win, he's impeached as a matter of fact. We'll play that montage again when we return. Unapologetic patriot and unapologetic constitutionalist. You can reach him at 877-381-3811. Would you pay your hard-earned money to join an organization that fought tooth and nail for a government-run health care system? How about an organization that scripted portions of White House speeches behind closed doors to ensure the passage of Obamacare? Remember the Republicans? Remember they were going to repeal it? 
Oh, so long ago. Or an organization that stood against tax cuts for middle-class Americans and small business owners. Would you join that organization? No. Then don't join the AARP. That's them. Join AMAC, the conservative alternative instead. AMAC offers an alternative to just about every benefit the AARP offers, but without the liberal agenda. Become an AMAC member right now at amac.us. Wouldn't you rather belong to an organization that fights for your values, like protecting our borders, supporting small businesses, standing up for your individual God-given freedoms and the Constitution? AMAC is the way to go. I am a member. There's a ton of work to be done, and AMAC is asking that you help them fight the good fight by becoming a member today. The benefits are great, but the cause is even greater. Join right now at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Because AMAC is better, better for you, and better for America. Let's go back to this media montage. Our news media, our free press, as they like to label themselves. Cut one is NBC, Savannah Guthrie, Chuck Todd, ABC, George Stephanopoulos, CBS, Nora O'Donnell, and Major Garrett. Cut one, go. This issue of impeachment, all of this kind of comes right down to the midterm elections. If the Democrats retake the House, then they can attempt to impeach the president. So is this going to in some way be like the only issue in the midterms going forward? I think it's possible. All of this puts impeachment front and center in the midterms. What is the sort of buzz around there? What are you picking up from your sources, both on Capitol Hill and the White House, about concerns about impeachment? Well, those concerns are an abeyance until the midterm elections. If that change of power does occur, it becomes a very real, live, and politically dangerous and potentially legally, legal danger, legally dangerous, rather, threat for the president. What, what is he rambling? Potentially politically legally dangerous? Threat to the president. I don't know what he means about legally dangerous. And we'll talk more about what impeachment is as time goes on. We've talked about it at some length already, but we need to stay on top of this so you're informed. At least you, the millions of people who listen to this program, you're informed. If anybody brings up the Michael Cohen plea bargain with you, here's the answer. Those two so-called crimes he pled to involving campaign rules corporate campaign donations and a personal donation that was over the limit are phony. A candidate is free to use his own money in exchange for a non-disclosure agreement. He's free to tell his lawyer to pay for it and he's free to reimburse his lawyer or not, Professor Dershowitz. Because it has nothing to do with our federal campaign laws. Zero. It's like settling a lawsuit during or before a campaign, paying to settle a lawsuit because you don't want it to interrupt with your campaign and so forth. Well, it influences the election. Well, of course it influences the election. Whether you get a haircut influences the election. If you don't shower, it influences the election. If you walk around naked, it influences election. If you like to walk on your hands, it influences the election. If you're a pervert, it influences the All kinds of things influence an election. Some are illegal, some aren't. This is not. That's the answer. So now you know who the idiot lawyers are on TV and radio when they say otherwise. 
Now, Ali Veshi, I don't know who the hell this guy is. They tell me he's a host on MSLSD. Now, he wants to talk about impeachment and how it works. Because I don't know about you, but whenever I want to understand the Constitution and an issue like impeachment, I go to MSNBC or CNN. So let's listen to this crackpot. Cut to go. Let's take a look at the process of impeachment. First of all, the House of Representatives. OK, let's do that now. Let's put let's open that up. There we go. All right. First of all, the House of Representatives draws up articles of impeachment. Think of uh, the House as the prosecutor. The document details any, quote, high crimes and misdemeanors that the president is believed to be guilty of. Only the House can bring charges against a president. But any individual Congress person can start this process. Next, the House votes. All right. Stop. Normally, the way it works is it goes through the House Judiciary Committee. They draw up the charges and then the full House votes. But anyway, go ahead. Two thirds of the chamber has to approve the impeachment. 288 votes as it's currently constituted since there are four vacancies in the House right now. This is a high bar, making many impeachment proceedings a bipartisan effort. Neither party can do it on their own. Once the House approves the articles of impeachment, the matter goes to the Senate, which acts more like a courtroom. The Senate tries the case and votes, acting as defense, judge, and jury. Again, the threshold is two thirds. So even half the chamber uh, voting to impeach. Uh, would still acquit the president. Two thirds of the Senate, sixty as it stands right now, are. Whoa, 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 whoa. Two thirds of the Senate is not sixty. They round it up at sixty-seven. But anyway, go ahead. To vote guilty for impeachment, now, if they do. The president is removed from office. The vice president would then take his place. We have never gotten to this step before with the Senate acquitting Andrew Johnson and Bill Clinton. Richard Nixon resigned before impeachment proceedings could be in, ha- begin. Had he not done that, he would have been impeached. Well, he may have been impeached. Who knows? But they're all excited, aren't they? And I don't know who that guy is. I have no idea, but he doesn't know math. I know that much. All right. Now, he got something else wrong. Does anybody know what he got wrong? In the House of Representatives. Let's play it again. Go ahead. Let's take a look at the process of impeachment. First of all, the House of Representatives... Okay, let's do that. Now, let's put, let's open that up. There we go. All right. First of all, the House of Representatives draws up articles of impeachment. Think of uh, the House as the prosecutor. The document details any, quote, high crimes and misdemeanors that the president is believed to be guilty of. Only the House can bring charges against a president, but any individual Congress person can start this process. Next, the House votes. At least two-thirds of the chamber has to approve the impeachment. Anybody catch that? And he says 288 votes. That's not correct. A simple majority of the U.S. House of Representatives, at least 218 votes, that's what's required to approve articles of impeachment. Two-thirds of the Senate to convict, 67 votes. So he got both wrong over there at MSNBC. Two out of two wrong. Simple majority in the House. That's why this election is so important. That's why this election is so important. That's why what Bob Mueller does is so nefarious. Because that's what he's focused on. And it's not even his job. 
We already had nearly 60 Democrats who voted to impeach the President of the United States early on. Early on, for nothing. Almost 60, you remember that? It was brought up by Al Green, not the singer. Al Green, Democrat of Texas. Remember that guy? Oh, he's still around. There are just some people in this country, most people in the media, and most people in the Democrat Party in Congress, who wish to reverse the results of the last election. And people will say, well, then Mike Pence will be vice, uh, president of the United States. But look at all the disruption. And look how difficult it will be for the Republicans to win in 2020 should the Democrats succeed. This president has done a lot of great things for this country. And that's why they want to take him down. Because he's not one of them. He doesn't play by their rules. And he's doing more and more things that they reject. One other legal fact that you need to know. The reason why Lanny Davis is out there saying, my client, Michael Cohen, won't even accept the pardon from this president. Not that he would get one, obviously, from this president. Does anyone know why Lanny Davis is doing that? I know he's an incompetent boob, but in this case, he's a snake. Why is he doing that? Because he knows in the state of New York, as I speak, there's a statute pending. There's a statute pending that would allow Mr. Cohen to be charged with state crimes, even if he's pardoned at the federal level. It's pending in the Assembly, I believe, in the New York House, and they're waiting for the next election. They hope to be able to, in the Senate, to pick off another seat or two and then control the majority and pass it. Meaning it wouldn't matter if Michael Cohen got a pardon from the President of the United States because he's done at the federal level, pretty much. But in New York, they don't want him to be done at the state level. So even if the President of the United States were to pardon him, which he wouldn't, of course, but even if he were, the fact of the matter is he'll still be vulnerable in New York. So Lanny Davis puts this stuff out there. The great Michael Cohen, just like Comey. Now, Michael Cohen is the man of great morals. He's seen the light. He hates Trump. He wants to get Trump. And Helsinki, the Helsinki press conference turned Michael Cohen. You believe this crap? The Helsinki press conference. Then he decided right there and then. Trump's with the Russians. He hates the intelligence agencies. He hates the FBI. I, Michael Cohen, sleazeball. Don't pay my taxes. Lie on my loans. I, Michael Cohen, who tape my clients and tape the press when they talk to me. I, Michael Cohen, am the moral superior to Donald Trump. And I will not accept the pardon from Donald Trump. See how it goes? Mr. Producer, I know we've tried many times in the past. Would you invite the Deputy Attorney General of the United States on the show, please? He goes on other shows. I believe he's a very smart man, isn't he? He's, he's capable of answering questions or saying I can't answer questions. But I would like to 
talk to the Deputy Attorney General of the United States. He's a public official, isn't he, ladies and gentlemen? Well, why is he hiding? Why is he hiding, the Deputy Attorney General of the United States? When I was at the Justice Department, our Deputy Attorney General of the United States wasn't hiding. What's he hiding? I'm not a prosecutor. I didn't subpoena him. I'm not setting a perjury trap. I just want to have a conversation with the man. I want to ask him some honest questions. I believe the American people have some, some information that they have a right to receive. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. This is the last week to sign up for a free offer from Hillsdale College in Primus. I've been talking about the monthly digest of conservative thought from Hillsdale College for quite some time. Well, the current free offer ends this week. So please visit right now, levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, to start receiving your monthly subscription for free. Now, my life's work is to help preserve freedom. It's the same with Hillsdale College. Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. They teach their stellar students to defend freedom, and they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of conservative thought. Free till the end of this week. 3.8 million Americans receive and Primus for free each month, most of you in my audience. And you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, those of you who don't have it, you should be reading it, too. So subscribe for free while you still can. It ends the end of this week. Levin for Hillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. There are no strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you at no cost. This is the last week. Please start reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the liberty that you love. Levin for Hillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. This is from November 21, 2017. A report at BuzzFeed published uh, a story of a former staffer for Representative John Conyers who settled a 2015 sexual harassment claim against Conyers after she says she was fired for refusing his sexual advances. Conyers denies the settlements. But, of course, he made them. And now we know many members of Congress did. So if, in fact, the Southern District of New York is correct, and they're not, But if, in fact, they are, you have a very strong case of members of Congress using federal tax dollars, slush funds, to pay off in these sexual harassment cases to get non-disclosure agreements, which, according to the prosecutor in Manhattan and according to Michael Cohen, the immoral, unethical, sleazy criminal, soon-to-be former lawyer, and his sleazy, pathetic, Clinton goon lawyer, Lanny Davis. According to all them, that's in part intended to make these candidates look good for re-election. And therefore, it violates our campaign laws. And it violates our campaign laws in significant ways then, right? First of all, they would argue that this money was spent to influence a candidacy. Again, because it makes them look better if they can keep this stuff quiet. 
But secondly, and this is more important, actually, they're using tax dollars on a campaign. On a campaign. So every single one of these members of Congress should be dragged out of their offices on Capitol Hill. They should be handcuffed. They should be taken to jail. They should be arraigned. And they should be prosecuted. Maybe they can be in solitary confinement like uh, Manafort. In my humble opinion. I'm quite serious about this. Sort of. How much time do we have, Mr. Producer? Here's Donald Trump and Fox and Friends today. Cut three, go. Did you know about the payments? Uh, Later on, I knew. Later on. But you have to understand, Ainsley, what he did... And they weren't taken out of campaign finance. That's a big thing. That's a much bigger thing. Did they come out of the campaign? They didn't come out of the campaign. They came from me, and I tweeted about it. You know, I put, I don't know if you know, but I tweeted uh, about the payments. But they didn't come out of campaign. In fact, my first question when I heard about it was, did they come out of the campaign? Because that could be a little dicey. And they didn't come out of the campaign, and that's big. But they weren't, that's not a, it's not even a campaign violation. If you look at President Obama, he had a massive campaign violation, but he had a different attorney general. All right, Lanny Davis responds. Cut four, go. Did you just witness the President of the United States misstating the law? It doesn't matter whether it's a campaign contribution or whether it's a corporate contribution or whether it's a personal contribution. The campaign limits apply whether it's personal money or campaign money. You are a moron. They do not apply. Certainly if it's your personal money or corporate money. They have nothing to do with it. You're an ambulance chaser. And I can defend every damn thing I'm saying about you, Lanny Davis, you ambulance chaser. Come at me, baby. Come at me, baby. Come after a real lawyer who has guts. Give it a try, you creep. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, going to play a few more clips But I also want to circle back to this issue of impeachment. So stick with us the whole hour, truly. I've got this figured out. Here's Lanny Davis. And by the way, he's everywhere. He's next, I think, will be on Russian TV. Here he is on CNN last night. Cut five, go. We talked very um, intensely about what caused him to change his mind Mm. about Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. And the only way to put it, it may sound a little bit syrupy, was patriotism and love of country. So so Michael Cohen is a patriot who loves his country. That's why. That's why. He's done what he's done. Amazing, isn't it? Go ahead. Caused him to recognize the danger 
of this particular president, mm-hmm. his lack mm-hmm. of suitability to be president of the United States. Now, let's stop it. You see, the whole thing is political. Here you have a crook and a lawyer for a crook. You have a man who's confessed to tax fraud, to bank fraud, and then the phony campaign issues. He confesses to the phony campaign issues, no doubt at the urging of his attorney and the prosecutor, in order to try and smear Trump and set him up for impeachment. So the whole thing is politicized. And he hires one of the most political hack lawyers, what I say is the general counsel for the Clinton mob family, that you can imagine. Not your typical criminal defense lawyer, basically a lobbyist. He was in and out of political campaigns. Who was defending Bill Clinton, the pervert, all through his perversions. And of course, he's very important to CNN, like Michael Avenatti and Stormy Daniels. Doesn't matter. Go ahead. And his decision, as he said to me late one night, to hit the reset button on his life and his previous loyalty to such a man that he considered, especially after Helsinki. uh, Oh, Helsinki, you see. That's when he changed course. He said, that's it. That's it. I've known Trump for decades. He's paid me an enormous amount of money. I've represented him here, there, everywhere, including a non-disclosure agreement. But Helsinki, that's the turning point, Helsinki. What a bunch of idiots. Do they think we're this stupid? Here's Lanny Davis on Fox News today. Being questioned by Eric Sean first. Cut six, go. You know, Lanny, you've been a longtime Clinton advisor and a, and a lawyer for Hillary Clinton and, and close to Bill and Hillary Clinton. What do you say to those who say that there should be a special counsel investigating the Clintons, the DNC, the Darcier, Christopher Steele, and the way this was handled by the Department of Justice and the FBI uh, officials? Some of oh, them this been- should be good. I can't wait for the answer to this. Go ahead. Certainly uh, showed a, uh, a distaste for Donald Trump becoming president of the United States. First of all, you didn't state a single fact involving the Clintons. Now, now, see how he switches? It's amazing. The on and off switch. He's on the attack. Trump's committed crimes. His client's prepared to say more. Eric Sean lays out a pretty good case about the Clintons and so forth. You didn't state a single fact involving the Clintons. Not a single... Go ahead. A lot of friends at Fox and have been a Fox guest on almost every show on Fox. That kind of rhetoric without facts is unfortunately too common uh, on Fox shows. So You are such a clown. You really are the worst. Go ahead. State me facts of what Bill or Hillary Clinton actually have done that would suggest anything. All right, let me start, dummy. How about the money that was spent? On the dossier. You like the campaign finance laws? Well, let's pretend they are, as you say. They didn't report that on their financial disclosure forms, did they? The fact that they laundered money through a law firm and a lawyer for uh, to Fusion GPS to a uh, spy, an ex-spy in Britain who uh, colluded with the Russians? What do you call that? They didn't, they didn't, uh, was that a campaign violation? Tell me something. And when the Russians colluded with them in order to help Hillary Clinton with the dossier and provided them with positive information 
to get a FISA warrant. Was that an illegal contribution from a foreign government? You idiot. What about Fox here? And Fox here, you always twist everything. I would love to debate this guy. I would love to tear him, tear it, debate him. They're so stupid. They're so predictable. This guy's supposed to be a lawyer? Sounds like a defendant. Go ahead. Illegal suggesting a special counsel. Well, my, my question is your reaction to those who have called for that. Uh, there, there are pure political speculation. Ah, shut up, you idiot. But now, Mr. Cohen, you see, is the greatest witness of all time. Mr. Cohen is ready to tell Mr. Mueller about his former client, Donald Trump. I hope Mr. Cohen understands that when the history books are written, he's going to be the biggest, lowest scum imaginable. The lowest scum imaginable. Turning on your client because you didn't pay your taxes, your taxi issues, your loan issues, you, you, you hook up with this Lanny Davis. What a sleazeball. Absolute sleazeball. Look, look at what the other side has. They have a porn star, a clown lawyer for the porn star has his own serious ethical issues. You ought to Google him. All kinds of lawsuits he's involved in about him and money that is owed. You drag in this Lanny Davis, another sleazeball. That's right, I said it. You bring in this Lanny Davis, Michael Cohen, star witness next. Look at this. Look what they have. Porn star. Then they want to bring in the Manhattan madam. They want to talk to her. What the hell's going on here in America? Look how they're dragging us down, dragging down this country. Cut seven. Go. So I can't tell you the answer to that question about contacts between... Oh, by the way, Lanny Davis said this is MSNBC. So CNN, Fox, MSNBC. Go ahead. So I can't tell you the answer to that question about contacts between Michael and the special counsel, but I can tell you that um, Mr. Cohen has knowledge on certain subjects that should be of interest to the special counsel and is more than happy to tell the special counsel all that he knows, not just about the obvious uh, possibility of a conspiracy to collude and corrupt the American democracy system. Listen to this. A conspiracy to collude and corrupt the American democracy system. God doesn't even know English. But what is he talking about? This is not a criminal defense lawyer. He's not a constitutional lawyer. He's a hack. He's a lobbyist. A conspiracy to collude and corrupt the American democracy system. Broken English. And his key witness, of course, is Michael Cohen. Go ahead. ...election, which the Trump Tower meeting was all about, but also knowledge about the The Trump Tower meeting was all about. Go ahead. ...of hacking and whether or not uh, Mr. Trump knew ahead of time about that crime and even cheered it on. And we know he publicly cheered it on, but did he also... He told a joke, you slob. Guy has none of my respect, never has. 
And none of yours, apparently, either. Lanny Davis was on with uh, Megan Kelly on her show today. And uh, listen to this back and forth. Cut eight. Go. Could I just take one opportunity to remind everyone that Michael Cohn has suffered a tragic and difficult experience with his family. He's without resources, and we've set up a website called MichaelCohnTruth.com that we're hoping that he will get some help from the American people so he can continue to tell the truth. The, the audience, is not, they don't know if you're ready to donate, Lanny, but I, we did check before we went to air. It's got $70,000 in it so far. Well, let's wait a minute. So Lanny wants to get paid, you see. Mr. Ambulance Chaser wants to get paid, so he goes on TV. Uh, MichaelCohenTruth.com. Uh, Michael Cohen. The Michael Cohen. MichaelCohenTruth.com. No, Michael Cohen, sleazeball, slip and fall, soon to be disbarred, phony lawyer.com. Go ahead. And listen, we appreciate you coming on. I, w- I would say the reaction of your audience. No, no, wait, wait. Be- what? He's going to attack the audience now. Like he attacked Fox because he's an idiot. Go ahead. As interested in getting the truth out about Donald Trump as uh, many other people in the country, approximately. So, see, the entire purpose of this is to get the truth out about Donald Trump. Now, let me tell you something, Mr. Cohen. I hope your tape recorder was running uh, when you had Mr. Davis on the phone every day. Because in my view, Lanny, you didn't represent your client zealously all you care about is trump and removing trump and how do i know this because you've been on multiple tv stations this is the evidence against you should anybody be concerned with a bar complaint all you've been talking about is trump trump's out to get our democracy michael cohen's prepared to talk about trump michael cohen turned on trump you are a sleazeball sleazeball s L-E-A-Z-E. I have no respect for you. R-E-S-P-I-C-T. Oops. Make that R-E-S, uh, whatever. The great Al Sharpton, everybody. On MSLSD. Then there's Nick Ackerman. Who's he? Exactly. They dragged him out, dusted him off. Nobody even knew he existed. He's a former Watergate prosecutor, but then again, who isn't? And he's on MSNBC. And they will never bring on anybody who is strongly opposed to what they're doing over there at MSNBC. Cut nine, go. Uh, Tom is being generous, saying that it implicates the campaign. The president has repeatedly denied uh, knowledge of these things and repeatedly denied... No, 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 the president has not denied knowledge of these things. The president was part of the deal. The president tweeted out months ago that payments were made. That's the nature of a non-disclosure agreement. Payments are made. Well, it helped the campaign. Exactly. So what? It wasn't made with campaign funds. You're allowed to do things that help your campaign that aren't reportable and aren't illegal. And they're done all the time, Lanny. Has Lanny ever signed a non-disclosure agreement, or has he required anybody to ever sign a non-disclosure agreement? This is the first question I would have for Lanny Davis. Have you ever signed a non-disclosure agreement, or even more? Has anybody signed one with you? Have you ever paid any money to do that? Now, I don't know if he has. I'm not insinuating anything, but I'd be curious. Go ahead. 
president and while in office. This implicates the president of the United States. There's no question about it. This makes the president of the United States an unindicted co-conspirator. You ass. You're such a schmuck. Nick Ackerman, there's no question about it. This makes the president of the United States an unindicted co-conspirator. Even the government didn't say that. You see what Nixon was up against, by the way, with these hack prosecutors? Go ahead. First time this has happened since Richard Nixon was named as an unindicted co-conspirator uh, in the Watergate. Is this trial. guy uh, busy and happy? Anger. Go ahead. You have time for Mika? Now, uh, law review student and, uh, and great legal scholar Mika Brzezinski of the famous Brzezinski uh, High Wire Act. She's on the Morning Joe show, in other words, on her future husband's show. Cut 10, go. And I will predict that he will sit down sooner rather than later, like in a matter of moments even, with his friends at Fox and his most... Why, why are you so obsessed with Fox? Mika, why do you care what they do at Fox? You have no ratings whatsoever. My Sunday show kills your ratings. You're on prime time in the morning. Why do you care what they're doing at Fox? You jealous? Now, your future husband, Joe, he was slobbering all over Roger Ailes. He wanted a job at Fox. They wouldn't give him a job at Fox. You guys failed at radio. I know this as a fact. So what are you worried about Fox for? Go ahead. And he will do some nutso deflection that possibly could put our country in danger in some way, shape, or form. See, Trump is always putting our country in danger. These are psychopaths. Paranoid. Psychopaths. He's going to put our country in danger. What we Joe, he's going to put... I know, honey. He's going to put our country at danger. Let's bring in Mark Halpern. Oh, we can't. He's gone. Let's bring in Barnacle. Uh, is he back from the plagiarist? Uh, Barnacle. Let's bring in Charles Blow. Everybody's a racist. Let's bring in. Anyway, I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I can't get it all done. Beto O'Rourke. Yes, you heard me correctly. Beto O'Rourke. Uh, you may have heard he's running for the Senate in Texas. Hollywood's pouring a ton of money into it. Manhattan's pouring a ton of... Yeah, they want Beto O'Rourke and they oppose Ted Cruz. And I would strongly encourage you, America, to get involved in this campaign unless you want to see Ted Cruz lose, potentially. you got to always fight like you're behind. But Beto O'Rourke, do we have time for Beto O'Rourke, Mr. Producer? Go. Peaceful, nonviolent protests, including taking a knee at a football game to point out that black men unarmed, black teenagers unarmed, and black children unarmed are being killed at a frightening level right now, including by members of law enforcement, without accountability and without justice. And this problem, as grave as it is, is not going to fix itself. And they're frustrated, frankly, with people like me 
and those in positions of public trust and power who have been unable to resolve this or bring justice for what has been done and to stop it from continuing to happen in this country. And so nonviolently, peacefully, while the eyes of this country are watching these games, they take a knee to bring our attention and our focus to this problem to ensure that we fix it. That is why they are doing it. And I can think of nothing more American than to peacefully stand up or take a knee for your rights anytime, anywhere, any place. Hat tip to right scoop, my buddy Brian. This is being played all over Yahoo Sports. So in other words... Three cheers for the NFL players taking knees because the cops are killing black people, women, and children at a level we've never seen before. They're shooting unarmed black teenagers, unarmed, and black children, unarmed, are being killed at a frightening level, including by members of law enforcement. That's the man running for the United States Senate in Texas, a devious, evil man. American Revolution starts here. The Mark Levin Show. Call in at 877-381-3811. Populist, popular, populism. Uh, Anyway, uh, I can't stress enough that you must protect yourself from thugs who steal personal information. Email addresses, social security numbers, medical cards, passwords, and retailers are being compromised every day. Look, you can't stay vulnerable. It's why I switched to my ID care. It's the best in the business. My ID care covers you for the nine types of identity theft, providing best in class service. And with Tri Bureau credit monitoring and dark web monitoring, it's the kind of comprehensive protection you need right now. And you can sign up at uh, at myidcare.com slash mark. Myidcare.com slash mark. Now, my ID care has taken care of Fortune 500 companies for years, but just recently made their protection available to consumers. I switched in a heartbeat, and we changed our sponsor because their protection is stellar. And Tom Kelly, the CEO, is really a genius at personal ID protection. Plans start for less than 10 bucks a month, and only my ID care offers a money-back recovery program. So I don't worry about identity theft anymore, neither do my family, and neither should you. And my listeners also get 15% off at myidcare.com slash mark and a promo code mark. Learn more and then let myidcare take care of you. Myidcare.com slash mark, promo code mark. Myidcare. Myidcare.com slash mark, promo code mark. Jimmy Brown, I think if not the greatest, certainly in the top three, four, five greatest running backs in NFL history. I would say at the top. He, had a, he retired at the, uh, at the peak of his career. He went into acting. He was a great actor. Uh, I remember him from The Dirty Dozen. Just unbelievable. And he was a civil rights activist, still is. And he went into the tough neighborhoods all over the country, particularly L.A. I remember those days. Now, I want you to hear Jimmy Brown Again, talking about the national anthem and taking a knee and what he thinks of President Trump. Go. Well, I tell you, man, it's very confusing, JT. It's hard to know the good guys and the bad guys. 
I should be criticizing Trump on every level because he does certain things that calls for criticism. But when I look at television and I see all of these announcers become experts and they're pointing their fingers and they're not doing the doggone thing but pointing their fingers, I find myself really pulling for the president. Now, that will make me very unpopular in the black community, very unpopular with a lot of Americans. But I think that there are certain good things that are coming out of this presidency because we've never seen anything like it. I mean, uh, there's confusion. A lot of people are retiring. A lot of people are giving their uh, uh, opinions. And we have to really deep down, dig deep down inside to come up with the right kind of an answer. But here's my answer to all who wants to criticize me or who don't believe that I'm a good American. I believe that I have to work on myself first to be as good a person as I can be, to back up my country in the best way I know how. And the second situation, I should be helpful to those people who need help that don't have life as good as I have it. And if I do those two things, then I'm thinking, I think I'm making my contribution. What a class act, Jim Brown. What a class act. And by the way, my second favorite movie, Patton, my um the Dirty Dozen. My first favorite movie was Patton. We miss our buddy Clint Walker, who was in that movie too, who passed away not too long ago. Was a great friend of the program. Clint Walker was, as you know, we brought him on many times. These old timers, man, they know. And then there's Beto O'Rourke, I want to remind you. You heard Jim Brown. Now listen to this man Trash law enforcement. Here's the thing to me. You have an illegal immigrant, an alien, who murdered a 20-year-old beautiful young college student, an American citizen. If he wasn't here, she'd be alive. And you hear these people all over television, particularly the usual cable channels. Going on and on that you cannot make a broad-based statement based on that murder. Well, I can make the statement that but for that illegal alien, that young woman would be alive. That horror wouldn't have occurred. One less murder. But then, out of all the police officers in this country, all law enforcement at every level in every area of the world, every area of the country, If you have a bad cop that makes a bad shooting, then all the cops are bad. Have you noticed that? The same people who say you can't make generalizations are happy to make generalizations. They trash the cops. They trash the local police departments. We have to nationalize them. We need to get the civil rights guys in there. And on and on and on. The cops think, there's your Beto O'Rourke, Texas. He's exposed himself. He's a left-wing hack. And he talks like it when he doesn't think you're listening. Yahoo Sports is promoting what he said. And so I will, too. Play it again, Mr. Producer. Peaceful, nonviolent protests, including taking a knee at a football game to point out that black men, unarmed, black teenagers, unarmed, and black children, unarmed are being killed 
at a frightening level right now, including by members of law enforcement. This is so outrageous. So outrageous. When you think about what's going on in our inner cities in Chicago, every weekend people are looking at the toll. They expect the toll. Oh, 67 shot. Oh, 70 shot. Oh, 50 shot. Now let's attack the cops. We have huge problems in our inner cities with black-on-black crime, particularly these gangs. They're slaughtering people in their communities. They're slaughtering people in their communities. You don't do them any good to pretend otherwise. But O'Rourke isn't going to talk about that. No, 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 no. Tack the cops and get the votes. Unbelievable that this guy actually uh, has a shot at this. Go ahead. Accountability and without justice. And this problem, as grave as it is, is not going to fix itself. And they're frustrated, frankly, with people like me and those in positions of public trust and power who have been unable to resolve this or bring justice for what has been done and to stop it from continuing to happen in this country. And so nonviolently, peacefully, while the eyes of this country are... Ah, shut up, you idiot. Texas, don't send this idiot to the United States Senate, please. Oh, yes, yes. And they play the music in the background like it's patriotic. Taking a knee, especially all the cops are killing all the innocent people, including young people, teenagers, and babies. You want more of that? We get enough of that from Kamala Harris. We get enough of that from Elizabeth Warren. We get enough of that from Cory Booker. We get enough of that from Bernie Sanders. For crying out loud, we're going to get that from Texas? You know, some people, particularly in the Republican Party, they don't get it. Do you know what I would do if I could vote for Ted Cruz in the state of Virginia? What an opportunity that would be for conservatives like me? Now we have Christina Greer, a professor at Fordham University. A professor at Fordham University. She said, I, I don't pay attention to the... We, we, we got to focus on Trump. We got to get Trump. We can't, we can't spend our time... Is this the woman? Yeah. We can't spend our time talking about Molly Tibbetts. Just said that's some girl in Iowa. Cut 19, Go. The fact that he was even sworn in as president after the Access Hollywood tape let me know for a fact that the Republican Party is actually not working on behalf of the American people. They are working on behalf of Donald Trump. And he's been able to bully them into their silence. And I don't think that today changes much, unfortunately. I'm sure we'll hear what he has to say about uh, this at his his rally. But Fox News is talking about, you know, a girl in Iowa and not this, Mm. right? Wow. You're so humane and compassionate. Must be a feminist, too. Ladies and gentlemen, what did I say yesterday? They went on and on and on about separating children from their parents. This has been repeated all day. I'm telling you, you listen to this show, you'll know what these other shows are going to say. I said yesterday, the separation issue of parents from children, we heard about that. Nazi Germany, internment camps, and on and on and on. Here this woman is murdered, permanently separated from her family and we have this professor from Fordham 
on MSNBC, which is a disgusting excuse for a carbon footprint. This girl in Iowa and not this. In other words, we're not discussing Trump. Instead, we're discussing this girl in Iowa. Listen to these people. They're out of their minds. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Why is the Democrat Party fielding more and more Jew haters? What? Oh, yeah, I thought they didn't like the Klan and the KKK and so forth and the uh, neo-Nazis. That in a second, but it's true. Take one atom of nitrogen, bond it with one atom of oxygen. You know what you get? You created nitric oxide. Now, why is that a big deal? Nitric oxide is a miracle molecule your own body makes that fuels your cardiovascular health and keeps you vibrant. And as you age, our bodies need help with this important process. You can go ahead and Google it. Super Beets by Human has harnessed the power of nutrient-enriched beets to create a superfood that helps your body make more nitric oxide on its own. My wife now uses this. She's a marathon runner. She loves it. And it's very, very important. One teaspoon of Super Beets daily supports your cardiovascular health and blood pressure levels, giving you natural energy without a quick caffeine kick or sugar high. You like drinking that, that uh, whatever it is, the Super Drink? Forget about it. Super Beets is the natural way. Now, we're talking real, healthy, natural energy. Mary from Wisconsin says, I really enjoy Super Beets. I use it as soon as I start my day. And you should too, folks. Just give it a try. She said, it gives me the added energy I need to exercise and get everything done I need before my long third shift hospital job. Here's what I want you to do. I really want you to try this. I'm serious. Call 866-205-4907. It's a tough number. You got to write it down. 866-205-4907. Or... Go to superbeats.com slash Levin, superbeats.com slash L-E-V-I-N, and find out how you can get free 30-day supply of Superbeats and free shipping with your first purchase. But I really think you need to jump in right now and give it a shot. Feel the 1 plus 1 equals boom effect of Superbeats. Call 866-205-4907. 866-205-4907 or go to superbeats.com superbeats.com slash Levin that's slash L-E-V-I-N today do it right now I know you're going to like it alright the hell happened to my article okay over at the Federalist and I'm sure there will be specials on this on MSNBC and CNN and all the rest of them about how the Democrat Party is fielding more and more Jew haters from the Federalist Warren Henry. Democrats are fielding even more anti-Semitic candidates for Congress. Last week, even the left-wing kook, Jew-hating, self-Jew-hating, G Street, uh, J Street, that's me. The lefty group created to counter the bipartisan American-Israel Public Affairs Committee withdrew its endorsement of Rashida Talib, the Democratic candidate in Michigan's 13th Congressional District. The unprecedented move followed her endorsement of a one-state solution to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict and comments supporting the left-wing boycott, divestment, sanctions movement, BDS. 
She's running unopposed in the general election, blunting the effect of the de-endorsement. But Taliab is representative of the Democratic Party's gradual march beyond the embrace of candidates and officials who criticize Israeli policy or its current government to a much uglier place in politics. To put this trend into context, consider that the U.S. State Department has adopted a working definition of anti-Semitism as a member of the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance. The working definition provides illustrations of anti-Semitism, including denying the Jewish people the right to self-determination, and on and on. The founders and leaders of the BDS movement support a one-state solution that destroys Israel as a Jewish state. In my view, what they want is a final solution. The movement is the intellectual descendant of the 1945 Arab boycott, which did not distinguish between Jews and Israel. It is based on the premise that Israel is a racist apartheid state requiring the sort of action once taken against South Africa. And so when Taliab compares the two-state solution to the idea of separate but equal, even the creeps at J Street begin to worry. Her answer also seems disingenuous, not only because she supports this this one-state solution, but also because she's a member of the Democratic Socialists of America. And last year, the Democratic Socialists of America overwhelmingly endorsed the BDS movement against Israel, with many chanting, from the river to the sea, Palestinian, uh, Palestine will be free. Another odd endorsement story occurred in Pennsylvania's first congressional district. Democratic nominee Scott Wallace came under criticism after it emerged that his charitable foundation has given hundreds of thousands of dollars to groups that promote the BDS movement. Wallace disclaimed responsibility for the donations and denied supporting the BDS movement. Democratic Jewish Outreach of Pennsylvania initially declined to endorse Wallace, but ultimately reversed its decision under pressure from the Democrat Party in a toss-up contest. Last week, Democrats nominated Ilyan Omar as their candidate in Minnesota's 5th Congressional District. She has claimed that Israel hypnotized the world and said she hoped Allah would awaken people to the evil doings of Israel. She recently defended those comments by referring to the apartheid Israeli regime. This month, at a candidate forum at Beth El Synagogue, Omar said she supported Israel's right to exist and called BDS not helpful and counteractive. She was not asked specifically about her apartheid comparison, which occurred on May 31. Omar did not use the forum to address her prior comments either. Then again, Omar likely feels no pressure. She's running for the seat held by Keith Ellison, whose relationship with the Nation of Islam's leader, Louis Farrakhan, has been an ongoing controversy, and who has claimed the U.S. policy in the Middle East is governed by what is good or bad through a country of 7 million people, meaning Israel. Ellison, now the Democratic farmer labor candidate for attorney general in Minnesota and deputy chair of the Democratic National Committee. I'm not done. There's Leslie Cockburn, the Democrat nominee in Virginia's 5th Congressional District. The Virginia GOP has accused her of being a virulent anti-Semite based on her co-authorship of, quote, dangerous liaison, the inside story of the U.S.-Israeli covert relationship, a book that advocated for the inherently anti-Semitic belief that Israel controls America's foreign policy. The Virginia GOP quoted from the New York Times review of her book, The press release also cited the commentary review, which catalogs some of the book's bizarre claims. Now, all four of these candidates may join the Democratic caucus, perhaps even a majority, in the 116th Congressional District. Democrats, uh, uh, Democratic Socialist uh, celebrity Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez 
who is almost certain to be there, has remained silent on the BDS issue. But in my view, she's shown enough ankle to tell us where she stands. There's your modern Democrat Party. I'm sure Mika Brzezinski and Don Lemon will all cover it. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. See you right here tomorrow, America. God bless and be well. Be well.